Culture and Psychology with Tabana. to our wonderful listeners. Uh, we are sitting with Dr. Rockers, Dr. Andrade today. And uh, we were talking about appreciation because we were appreciating um, so many things we have in our lives. And today we decided we want to start with appreciation. And the first thing I want to say is appreciating that today we are sitting here, we are healthy, um, we can enjoy the uh, beautiful weather. That's the first appreciation. And then each of us have so many other things to appreciate our families, um, our work, our colleagues, our friends, uh, and so many other things. We can move around, we can do things. And uh, the most important thing today, I like to talk about where we live, which is the United States. And sometimes we tend to complain and talk about things we don't have or things that are not um, happening in a best way. And that's life. Life is not 100% and is not completely full with what we want. But um, we want to thank our, um, you know, life here and appreciate. And I was talking to my colleagues, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade about vaccination and how lucky we are that here, uh, the government, um, you know, has done a great job to make sure that uh, the elderly are vaccinated, um, the medical field are vaccinated, and now we are getting to younger generation um, becoming vaccinated. And from the news, we hear that even in the most developed countries, they still haven't gone to the el elder, uh, elderly and uh, they're just, um, um, you know, having some issues with uh, getting the vaccines and how to spread the um, issuance of a vaccine to different places. So colleagues, good morning. And uh, I know you guys have been um, having a great um, time last week. So let's just talk about appreciation in general. This is Dr. Rockers. Good morning. Welcome, everybody. I appreciate being here on the program with Dr. Malik Hafsali and Dr. Well, thank you, Dr. Rockers. Uh, and I appreciate you pronouncing my name almost perfectly. <laughs> I <love> almost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I, I got that, Alex. Thank you. Almost is a little the accent part, but the pronunciation is perfect. Well, and another thing is pronunciation and accent are two different things. You know, when we pronounce it completely well. It's different than vaccine. So, I mean, vaccine, because we were talking about vaccine. <laughs> accent. Yeah. Um, no, vaccine so, no, he did a great job in pronouncing my name. So that was 100%. Thank always, you. Always better than I do it, Daniel. Uh, so, yeah, Dr. Malikovzali, thank you. Uh, no, I you think did the, well, the, too. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I think the idea of appreciation, gratitude, it's something I'm glad we're talking about it because it's one of those things I don't think we can talk about it enough. I think it's so easy to get caught up in our lives and in our experience that we kind of the uh, one thing I encourage people sometimes is to even just stop and look around like our space where we're at if we're at home at work. And just look at the things that you have around you. And, and there are probably things in that space that you don't even see anymore. You just kind of it, it's just there. It's just fixated in that way. And so I think that happens too in our life. 
where we become focused uh, on those things that we don't have rather than the things that we do have. So I think it's easy for people to feel as though they're not being grateful. And so I think it's always one of those things. We don't want to shame or guilt somebody like, oh, you should be more grateful for the things that you have. I mean, obviously there are struggles or difficulties or things that uh, people are striving for, but I think it's always worthwhile to, to take inventory of note of, of where we're at, what we do have in our life. And then just say, you know, being kind of acknowledging and even just being grateful for, for the things that we do have in that way. I think it's challenging in this era too, because we are living in an era of outrage and celebration of being outraged. People, a lot of the, I think the reality TV has pushed a little bit of that. I think political atmosphere pushes that, but it is very popular to be outraged and for people essentially to celebrate the outrage about that. And that is just the opposite being grateful. Mm -hmm. So in some ways we have some cultural current which is pushing in opposite direction i couldn't agree more definitely yeah. i think there's 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 notoriety in being outraged you know there's yes yes yeah there's there's celebrated somehow it is it is so is it really in our mental is it innate that we see negatives more than we see positives because you hear mostly complain from general population whenever something happens you hardly hear someone to come in between and say hey let's appreciate what we have is it the maslow hierarchy of needs that when we have something then um, another needs comes and so maybe in our society we have so many things and then all of a sudden our need, whether it's personal, whether it's political, whether it's economical, all of a sudden comes to, you know, to place. But generally speaking, I feel like people more tend to see what is missing rather than what do we have? Because when you really sit down and write down what you have and what you can appreciate, mm -hmm. there's so many things you can appreciate. But then if you start writing the list, whether it's your, your health, whether it's um, your having, you know, things in economically or even politically compare your country with other countries, there's so many things to appreciate. But all of a sudden we see something that is missing. Is it our, is it as a human being, our brain works that way? Is it the way we are raised? Is it the way the community takes us there? But I hardly see you know, in my experience in life, whether it was at work, with friends, with colleagues, um, everywhere, you know, we tend to see what is missing. What is that? Well, if you look, there's a, I think there's several different elements that go into it. One of those things is that the way the human brain is set up is that we are, our brain is good detector of differences. So we're going to notice different and that wouldn't be, would be I think there's another thing of our own development to develop. There is a tendency, this, and this is the classic spiritual struggle. There is a tendency to go negative unless we make efforts to go positive, right? It takes a little bit of effort. It takes more effort for most people to be thankful and grateful than it does. And I think this is the classic struggle of good versus, I think that mm -hmm. that is that element which we tend to get hold down just as a result of a human that is not interesting. To, yeah. yeah not to get too philosophical and I, I love that you brought that up daniel because that's something that very early 
in my my thinking as far as uh, psychology and my exposure to psychology, it was something that was something I struggled with. Are people in kind of from a maybe religious aspect, are people inherently good or bad? Are they good? Or are they evil? And and it's one of those things where along those lines, like, do we have to try to be good? Mm-hmm. You know, do we have to, is that, is that, do we have to try to be grateful? Because, you know, as, as people, as humans, that we're just skewed towards that negativity. Um, I, I think a lot can have to do with that too. Or like you said, developmentally, um, even the environment we grew up in, um, if we feel like we're having to defend, to defend and to protect ourselves, we're kind of anticipating the negative happening versus uh, uh, some of the positive. And I mean, a lot of times it doesn't take a lot of experiences, a lot of negative experiences to, to put us in a position of anticipating kind of the worst case scenario and it's survival. And so uh, I think it, it raises a good question. You know, do we have to try to be grateful? Do we have to try to be good in that way? Uh, I kind of, without going into it too much, I, I kind of resolved that, that question for myself in the sense that I think it's a somewhere in the middle. I think it's not people are inherently good or people are inherently bad. I think some people lean towards the negative a little bit more and some people lean towards the positive, kind of on that more like spiritual level as far as like if they're good, if they're evil. Um, because there are just some people I've met have been grateful who are just like good people. And it's just like, you're confused by it almost in a way, Uh, but you're so grateful to be able to connect with those people. And again, not that they don't have their flaws or struggles, but there are just some people who are just so loving and nurturing and giving. Well, there are some people who are very self-serving and and very, um, you know, kind of self-directed in that way. So it's hard though, because I think overall, this is what we're talking about. You know, we're living in a world where we're trying to make sense of things and we're not wanting to just lean towards the negative. Uh, We're wanting to be appreciative and grateful and uh, acknowledge uh, the good and the positive that is out there too. I think it's just sometimes, yeah, we do have to try for it and look for it a little bit more. Very good. So we're going to have a short break and come back to continue our conversation. with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, two of my colleagues from Tavana organization. Today, we decided to talk about um, appreciation. And so far, we've been talking about um, why human being tends towards negativity rather than positivity. And we had a good conversation about that. And now we are continuing our conversation regarding appreciation. So um, I, I was just thinking the reason for people tend towards negativity is probably negative events or negative, um, you know, happenings are greater impact on in they have greater impact on our brain uh, than positive ones. And um, we as psychologists usually think of um, negative bias and it can have a powerful effect um, on our behavior and our decisions and our relationships. 
So um, who is negative? I mean, what is negativity bias? Why do we have bias towards negativity? It goes towards what uh, Daniel mentioned earlier, that the natural tendency for us to compare and contrast. And so I, I was just thinking too, kind of on this meta level, as we're talking about this, we we launched into negativity. As soon as we're talking about gratitude and, <laughs> and yeah. appreciation, yeah. we started that's to talk true. about negativity. And, and right. I think it's because that's what we're doing. We're saying, well, this is, po- you know, this is gratitude. Oh, what's the opposite of that? And, and we'll use the opposite sometimes to define uh, uh, the other. And so I think it's it's easy. I think that's what our brain does, just like as we did in our conversation in that way. And so um, we're, we're in a way to understand sometimes it's it's you know what's 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 the opposite of that or what's around that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so um, and I think as as therapists too, we all. I mean, I think I've said this before. You know, when we sit down and talk to somebody, first question is, you know, what, what's the problem? What's what's wrong? What's going on? Yeah. You know, and versus being like, what's right? You know, we have to sometimes right, you know right. try for that. So I think we have a bias uh, yes. <laughs> in regards to kind of looking for the negative and and having to work uh, as we're telling our listeners to be to have that gratitude. And so yeah, it's it's something I think that we just lean towards. No, I really like what Dr. Rocker said that we need to put effort into thinking positive. It's easy to slip to talking about negativity or see the negatives. Uh, And especially in the past, we have talked about the cancel culture. As soon as something negative hits us, the easiest way is to cancel, you know, that person, uh, remove that person from our life, remove that person from our uh, relationship, whether it's online or however. But anything um, needs effort in order to work better. So um, I think that's both of you address that. Yeah. All of our takes effort. Yes. In order to grow and transform, and which is what we're here for, I believe, it takes effort. We have to work. I wanted to ask you, Saide, about the Maslow's hierarchy. Now, yeah. isn't that that we go, well, like, isn't it like food, shelter, safety? Is that the first three levels? Right, right. First is physical um, issues that we need for survival, you know, shelter, uh, food, um, and relationship, intimate relationship. And then when that's in place, then the next level, um, it's probably personal, you know, like our work, our um, studying, our achievements, our accomplishment, and next level, probably uh, starting our families, and just it goes up as we move forward. And I think I was just thinking the way um, I was thinking was in United States, you know, the minimum is there. I mean, I'm just thinking of majority. There's always, you know, minority and we don't want to address, you know, only minorities. So we're talking about majority of people have, um, you know, um, compared to other countries, uh, they they do much better. Um, And even I know that um, homeless and people who have economically in a bad situation due to the fact either they are alcoholic, they are uh, into drugs, I, I hear and I have worked with them extensively during uh, my, you know, practicum and working towards my postdoctoral degree. Um, I know that government tries to help them. 
And two, due to the fact that they want to have freedom with alcohol, with drugs, sometimes they don't even want to receive support. They want to live free because if they go to the places that government provides, they can't do what they want. So I'm not talking about every part of the country, but as far as I know, um, in my experiences, I even worked in the villages that the county and the state has built up for people in um, those situations. And sometimes they live there for a month and then they realize now they can't have alcohol, they can't have drugs, they have to see doctors, they have to see psychologists. They don't like that. They don't like that lifestyle. So they don't want to have it. So I'm thinking... Here in the United States, there are so many things that are provided for people. So the first level is there. The second level is your effort and you don't want to do. But people who really put effort, people who really have that drive, they can really use those opportunities and to get to where they want. And we started our conversation saying that, you know, compared to other even developed countries, United States has done amazing job in vaccinating people, purchasing so many dosage of vaccines so that people can have it. Granted, there's always issues. It comes when we have 300 million people, you know, not 100% is going to be you know, accuracy or, you know, everyone gets fair share, but we're talking again about majority. So there's so many things that we need to appreciate here, but then we see the negative part. Now talking about Maslow hierarchy of needs, I'm, I'm thinking when we have those, you know, layers of accomplishment or, you know, receiving, um, you know, then the next need comes. And that need, if it's not satisfied, we start being negative towards it, you know. So we start complaining about how the government is dealing with this and that. But then if you're living in a country that people don't have food to feed their kids, I mean, compare that to where we are here. So we started our conversation in that regard. And that's why I brought the hierarchy of needs. And somehow I felt like it's connected. I think it is connected. I think also there's another rubric we can look at, and that's Kohlberg's stages of moral development. We think about those in a general sense. The pre-convention, this is my term, the pre-conventional stage is really about our own needs and and that's like a child. The child just themselves, this is what I need, I'm hungry, I need food right now. Then the conventional stage is more concerned with rules. How do we adhere to rules? And the post-conventional is more about mutuality. How can you and I together It's something? So in a general sense, I think that reflects our own development, that it's, that's not easy to go in that along the, it's not always easy to get beyond or outside of oneself. That means letting go of something. Right. No, no, that's, that's absolutely connected. And I was just thinking as humans, we tend to remember traumatic experiences better than positive ones. For example, if we talk about Black Lives Matters, if um, someone, for example, the Floyd issue, if you think because all the scenario was, um, you know, what we saw and what we face um, on news, and that really got into people, and it was a trauma, and we tend to look at that, and then um, just put a blanket on what 
police does. You know what I mean? It's like you see a couple of things and you think every, you know, policeman is the same way. Right. Blanket labeling. And we do that, you know. Um, and then also well, we recall insults better than praise. Uh, we recall more strongly negative stimuli than positive stimuli. We think about negative things more frequently than positive ones, you know, and um, we respond more strongly to negative events than to equally even positive events. It seems like when something positive happens, we are settled, we are fine, we are satisfied. And as soon as something negative comes, all of a sudden, all the negative, you know, emotions come and it just takes over and it has heavier weight. That's why we sticks, we, it sticks to our brain and obviously our emotions, our behavior is affected. Yeah, related to that too, I was thinking as Daniel mentioned, the Kohlberg's uh, stages, moral stages of development, the conventional stage, uh, which is more about rules. And a lot of times that stage, my understanding is it's, it's very black or white. It's like right or wrong. Um, you know, you're either, uh, you're, you're following the rule or you're not. And I think along those lines for a lot of people, it's, it's more comfortable to, to have that certainty and that structure. And so that's why we'll, we'll compare and contrast. Like we, we know this, it's good or it's bad. It, it can fall easily into one category where the post-conventional stage, it's more of, I think, reality, living in the gray, tolerating uncertainty. It, it's having to, to say, well, it's, it's kind of right and it's kind of wrong. And I think in life, a lot of times, that doesn't leave people in a very pure uh, kind of stage or, or foundation. It doesn't feel so good to have that, that, that ambiguity. So what we'll do is we'll say, well, you know, this is good or this is bad. And, and again, focusing on the negative sometimes versus saying, well, it can be good and bad. You know, there's, there's things that we are grateful for and there's things that we're struggling with and, and striving for still too. Um, but being able to kind of bounce back and forth between those things versus just focusing on how hard it is and how bad it is. And, and again, I think Daniel, like you said, I think the culture right now really unfortunately emphasizes that. So I think it makes it harder. I think it makes it harder for, for youth and young adults to, to really be able to, 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 to navigate that where we can say that there's things that are wrong with the world, but we can also say that there, there are a lot of things that are right about the world too. Yeah. Um, so let's just have another break and come back to continue our conversation.
We're back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and two of my colleagues from Tavana organization. Um, we started our conversation about appreciation and then we turned to negative and positive events. And now we are talking more about that than appreciation. But we started with uh, having a great opportunity here in the United States having vaccination. Uh, we know that this pandemic was just taking so many um, issues uh, into um, brought into our thought and are really um, looking at life differently. And everywhere with everyone you talk, this pandemic has changed in many ways their lives. And also they have been more thoughtful about what they want to do, what experiences they gained and how they appreciate life now that we have vaccination. So we started with that. And I think the reason we started talking about negativity, positivity and all that is because appreciation is a big part of thinking positive. When you think positive, you start appreciating. But why do as human being, we tend to gravitate towards negativity. Um, I think there's also research about that. The research has shown that across a wide range of psychological events, people tend to focus more on negativity as <clears throat> they try to make sense of the world. Um, I guess as we talked about this, we realized that people pay more attention to negative events than positive ones. Uh, we learn more from negative outcomes of experience. We make decisions based on our negative information throughout our life. And, um, you know, basically that's how we live because um, one negative event always is in your head um, as opposed to maybe 10 positive events that has happened into your life. For example, if, if somebody really e economically um, you know, make you think about, oh, I have to be careful about how I spend my money because you had a bad experience. You tend to focus on that because you don't want this to happen to you again, as opposed to 10 other positive events that you had with other people. And it worked in business, it worked in personal relationship, but just one negative always brings that to your mind and you never forget. So I want to hear from my colleagues. I totally agree. I, I think one of the things that people, one of the problems with that is, is people can start to say that that serves you better because it, it maybe protects you in some way. But I, I see it, it has a greater cost. We think in the short term, it's like anxiety in the short term, it, it keeps us safe and it protects us. But in the long term, it's going to hurt us because instead of having those instead of focusing on those experiences that nourish, nourish us and energize us and build us up, um, we're more prone to be focusing on the ones that that could hurt us. And so it diminishes the quality of some of those positive interactions and connections that we can have. So again, it's not easy to, I always encourage, let's not just cast aside caution. Let's say, okay, we know that things can kind of go either way. 
but how do I want to try to approach this situation? How do I want to give the benefit of the doubt in, in the sense of this can be a positive experience? And so approaching those things with an open mind, um, not not a foolishness or, or carelessness as though like, okay, well, you know, I'll completely confide in this other person or this situation. No, we could approach it cautiously, but still saying, how can how can I be grateful for this? How can I, how can it be positive? How can it give me um, versus defending all the time? It, it, it takes uh, energy and effort. I, I even encourage people to think about like when we're on edge, even that term, we, you know, we could feel the tension in our shoulders and our neck and in our body. And we're, we're like positioning ourselves as though something, you know, we're bracing for impact where if we're, uh, uh, I love how we all sat up straight after I said that <laughs> as we, as we're, yeah, yeah. As we're approaching it though, is more open and, and, and potentially like a loving and nourishing, um, we come to that exchange in a whole different way. And it's definitely not easy. It's not comfortable. But but again, it, it can serve us so much more if we're even just trying to do that. I think this is part of our evolutionary inheritance. Like as we're growing, if you look at animals, mm-hmm. animals pretty much function at that Kohlberg's pre-conventional stage. If I need it, I get it now. I go for it now. Like my girlfriend's dogs, she has two dogs, little dog and big dog. Mm-hmm. And big dog likes to eat food. And little dog sometimes eats his food and sometimes waits to eat. And sometimes if little dog waits to eat his food and goes outside, big dog jumps right in and eats all of little dog's food. And he doesn't feel bad about it. He just wants food. And so he loves it and he eats it. Mm-hmm. That's the pre-conventional stage of development. And I think as humans gain consciousness from being animals, we have to work through that pre-conventional stage. So we set up rules and then we have to keep working even more to go beyond to the post-conventional stage. I think this is our lot in life as human beings, that this is part of we're evolving and it's a, it's a hard pull back into become, into devolving back into animal stage. If you look at the Mad Max movies, it's a pretty good indicator of what devolving back into animal life is like. It is pretty ugly. And I think as human being, as I, I mean, this is just me saying this, that we are the laziest creature in the world. You know, I'm serious. Yeah, we yeah, tend, we tend to be lazy. It's easiest it's easier to be lazy. So we tend to do that. Why relationships sometimes don't work? Why sometimes we take things for granted? In all aspects of life, I think this is related to what we are talking about. We are lazy. As soon as a relationship is working, we take it for granted. We don't put any effort into that, right? We always hear a plant has to be taken care of. A relationship is like a flower, like a plant. If you don't take care of it, it's going to die. You know, but it's just our nature. As soon as we are comfortable some in, um, at work, in our personal relationship, we let it go. We don't put any effort into that. And I think that goes with everything in our life. Motivation uh, is more when something is new, is fresh. And as soon as things become more like you know, um, rituals or more habit, habitual, we just let it go, you know, and I think things like um, 
you know, talking about negativity, positivity, I want to go back to what you said, Dr. Rockers, we tend to just take things the way that's easier for us. So we don't put efforts. And I think thinking positively, remembering to appreciate things needs some efforts. And that's why some very, very few people are at that point that they always appreciate, they're selfless, they think of others, but we become selfish, we become, you know, negative, Um, bad news become just humongous um, in our head. And, you know, we just tend to more likely to be, you know, uh, perceive the bad news as truthful, but something positive becomes a little bit, you know, doubtful in our mind. Um, it's just, I think, the nature of um, how we are as human beings. I, I got to say, too, I love that you said that, Saide. I, I, I always think of you as, as so, like, positive, and me and Daniel are over here just super negative a lot of times and so uh <laughs> it's it's nice yeah i'm throwing you in there daniel yeah it's just so nice to hear you say that too because the other side of things because i do hear you very optimistic and very positive too and i think the the acknowledging that in a way where it doesn't have to be a bad thing again that's where i started with it and, and maybe not the best approach but it, it's just one of those things where it can be it, it's it's a it's a comfortable truth in that way and, and again going back to what daniel was saying about growth we have to be uncomfortable um and, and I think like you were alluding to, I mean, that we see this in relationships a lot. Uh, I work with individuals and sometimes uh, their partners and realizing that a lot of this is if we just, we've, we've eased into our roles or we've eased, we've eased into everyday life versus the, the effort to continually grow and, and to see our partner and to appreciate that. And so and, and not even romantically, but just any relationship to be able to appreciate and value somebody, we have to constantly be really present and kind of looking at them and saying, who is this person here in front of me versus this collection of ideas and experiences I have in my head of that person and relating to that versus, uh, again, the person right in front of us. So it's effort, it's energy. And, and if we're not effortful, if we're lazy, it's, you know, we're, we're instead reacting to, to an idea versus a, a true, you know, feeling, you know, uh, emotional human being right in front of us. Well, first of all, thank you for uh, the compliment. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, and then um, also, you know, thinking about, um, you know, good things that we have in life, as you said, it needs effort. Um uh, you know, that reminded me of uh, this weekend, we had some company in our house. And then we were talking about, you know, one of our friends um, is very positive. And he always says every morning when I get up, and he is absolutely, I can just say that I have hardly seen him saying anything negative. He goes every morning when I get up, I just, you know, get up and say, thank God you gave me another day you know, and then as we were talking about that, one of the people that is very close to us is related to me. He said, um, and when I get home from work every afternoon, I go, thank God, everything now went okay. And I'm home safe. And I was just thinking in my head, comparing the two wording of 
what we talked about. Somebody gets up and says, thank God you gave me another day. And this is the appreciation. And the other one who is always negative says, thank God I'm home and nothing really bad happened to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just such a, you know, different in, they both are appreciating, but one <laughs> who's always negative says, well, I'm glad today I didn't have accident. You know, nothing bad happened. I'm, I'm glad I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> so when you think about the way we look at life, even if that negative person sees something in a positive way, and he was so proud, and he was saying, yes, I agree. And I am the same way when I get home, I go, thank God, nothing negative happened to me today. But he didn't realize that he's looking at things differently, you know what I mean? So it's really somehow, um, you know, our personality and our differences that how we see the world. I'm going to jump back, Alex, to your comment about an emotional being right there in front of us. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit, I was checked out for a moment and I missed that part. But I, I like that idea and I want to follow up on it. So oh, I, love, just, I love I love the honesty. I love the honesty. We're pre, I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the honesty. Right. So where that kind of comes from is I, I talked a little bit about my theoretic orientation before self-psychology. And it talks about not to get too caught up in the weeds with the terminology, which is horrible in that orientation. But um, uh, also in uh, um, Klein, I want to say Klein, uh, the idea of uh, uh, object relations, essentially, you know, there's a, an object. Well, the idea essentially is that we have a tendency when we're being comfortable, most times what we're reacting to is not the person in front of us, but the idea of the person. So like, even before I'm talking to you, Daniel, I know Daniel says these kind of things, you know, this is how he is and mannerism. So there's this, this being in my head that is not you, but is a collection of you and in, in some of those experiences. And so what happens is a lot of times we end up reacting to that versus the person right in front of us. And we see this particularly when things get a little uh, heated or conflictual. So uh, the classic example is, you know, a person comes home and they expect to hear something from their partner. It's like, oh, I'm going to come home and, you know, they're going to be in a bad mood or they're going to say this. I already know what they're going to say versus like we haven't even given them a chance. Like the, the, there's a person in front of you who we don't know what they're going to say, you know, people, there is some predictability, but we, we have no idea. But if we approach it that way, it's interesting because no matter what you say, I'm going to hear what I have already said in my head about you. And so, and again, I think that's, it takes away from the authenticity of our interactions. And a lot of times those leanings uh, in our head can be more kind of negative than we even realize too. Um, versus being like, you know, especially when we're meeting somebody new or early in a, a relationship, it's like we're eager to find out that person. We're exploring, we're, we're growing, we're learning. Like, well, I'm formulating still my idea of you. And so I'm hungry for, for information. So it's not something that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting those ideas onto you. Instead, I'm open to who you are. And so I think, again, that goes to the idea of, you know, appreciating who's in front of us, appreciating that, 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 that person, yeah. even even if they zone out, Daniel, even if they zone out, still appreciate it. What was that? <laughs> you know, Dr. Rockers, my gosh, you mentioned something that it's absolutely, you know, important, and and you really um, made it so clear that I was just thinking truly we 
we do, we tend to do that. And it's, it's really, um, it's huge in our relationship and in our life at work, in our personal relationship, everywhere. You know, we make um, in our head, we have made that person as an object, as you said, you know, like Alex is this, Daniel is that. And before we allow people to express themselves, we have made our judgment. We, we're going to say, oh, now he's going to say this, or now he's going to say that. And that is true. How can we, as you know, like right now, three psychologists are sitting and talking to people at the radio. Now, what do we do? What can we tell our listeners? Uh, how can we teach ourselves not to do that? I know it's very, very difficult, even for us. I have to first, uh, when you were talking about this, Dr. Andrade, I was just thinking of myself. That is very true. We already have our judgment about people before they open their mouth. We are going to say, for example, if we have a petition, I know if I bring it to someone, how are they going to react? You know, we made our decisions already about people. I think it's, it's not always something to change. I think it's more of, it's something we have to be aware of. It's something that we have to know that we do. And so we can be more intentional. And again, it goes back to appreciation. So we can appreciate the authenticity of that person. So it's really about, you know, even small things like eye contact, you know, nowadays, making sure we're not on our phone. Um, you know, just really trying to, to listen and to hear um, and say, like, how can this, I, I like to always phrase the question, what can I get from this interaction? Not, not, not in a selfish way or a greedy way, but one that says, let me invest in this exchange so that I can maybe receive some piece of information or some sense of connection, and I can maybe give that. So it's about being present, I think. It's about being effortful, um, knowing that sometimes, uh, like Daniel did, that was a great example, knowing that, like, okay, right now I'm kind of on autopilot. Like, I'm listening, but I'm not really listening. And then coming back to it and be like, you know what, you said something I was, I was doing this. I, I, I wasn't really present. And then and, and committing to that effort of being present and being connected. And I think it's one of those things to, to do that to somebody else, to say that out loud is hard. So again, I, I really do appreciate that you said that, Daniel. I think it's easier just to pretend. And I think that's what people do. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's like, let's say, you know what? I, I really want to hear you. I let, like, let me really focus. And so um, thinking of it as a skill that we have to build and practice in that way can be kind of that starting point that we do that, you know, like, like Daniel, like you mentioned earlier, you know, there's, there, you know, there's so much information in the world. We can't be constantly present every second of the day. Um, we'd be overwhelmed. Our system would be overwhelmed, um, but that we can try to do that. We can put effort in doing that and knowing that we can get something from it. We can get, uh, we can, further grow our relationship, we can feel um, as though we're really being heard and seen. And those things are so valuable, I think. And so it, it allows us to, again, be present, to be grateful, um, yeah, to feel good about interacting versus just kind of going along. Right. Just going along to get on to the next. Mm -hmm. Right. So with that, we are getting close to the end of our program. We give a very short break and we come back to finalize our conversation.
We're back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. Today we talked about appreciation and that took us as always to so many other conversations. And now we are towards the end of our program. And I want to start with um, either one of you uh, to say your final statements regarding appreciation. Appreciation for other people. I think it's a very good thing. I watched a movie the other night, American Werewolf in London. It's a very interesting, rather older movie. But a line stands out in there where someone is questioning another person. And what they said was this. They said, well, bring me into your line of thinking. And they were inviting that other person to describe to them how they were thinking as opposed to just reacting to them. And I think when we do that, we become grateful to for the other person being there, and the other person is grateful that we have interest. So I love that. Bring me into your line of thinking. It's a good thing you can discover. This is Dr. Alex Andrade, and uh, my recommendation or my encouragement, I should probably say, to uh, listeners would be really just kind of you know starting with uh, you know what what is it in my everyday life that I'm you know maybe not seeing. And again, I realize that's kind of coming from a negative, but really just trying to be more present with what is it that's here around me, both physically, those those personal belongings we have, but then also the people too. And just asking yourself, who is this person um, of, you know, my idea of them as well as the actuality of them? And how can I be more aware of that so I can I can recognize, uh, you know, their, their, their beauty, their uniqueness, their authenticity um, so that I can engage meaningfully. And I find that 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 can do so much for us in how we interact and how we communicate. Very good. <clears throat> and I just like to um, really mention that this is something that I always recommend to my patients. I always tell them, have a journal and every single day, write five important things in your life that you have, rather than thinking of what you don't have. In that, that becomes a habit. And every day you get up and you think of things that five, only five things. And I'm sure in every one of our lives, there are more than five things that we see and it's obvious and we appreciate. So start writing down, you know, five important things in your life that you have. One is you can walk yourselves or you can think you have your, um, you know, just um, awareness of what's going on around you. Just to start with simple things and start writing them down and repeat those to yourself every day that, you know, these are the things I have and I have to appreciate rather than thinking I don't have. And I know it's our tendency to think of that, but always remember the negative bias just brings the dwell of dark thoughts to yourself and it, it hurts relationship. And um, it's just, uh, it's something that uh, creates um, cortisol hormone, which is uh, toxic. So just think of those things that it's so negative, even if for your health. So uh, with that, I want to say thank you to Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. I appreciate you guys so much. And I have learned so much from each of you uh, throughout even this show that we have for Radio Bomb. I got to know you more. 
and appreciate you in my life. And with that, I want to say goodbye to our listeners. And we are going to come back tomorrow to converse about uh, another topic in psychology. So with that, I want to say have a wonderful Saturday. We are back tomorrow on Sunday. پس از این زاری مکان عبسه یاری مکان تو این آکان دل دیوانه با غم به مزار به خوابارا دل دیوانه بی تو باز آمدم از سر کوی او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم بخوابارا دل دیوانه با تو رفتم بی تو باز آمدم از سر کوی او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه بگویم با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکان 
حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به خوابارم دل دیوانه به خوابارم دل دیوانه